two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Most impressive. A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is February 6, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and we still do not have an Episode 9 title. Or chances are, considering that we're going to outright mention it so early in the episode, it'll probably come out the day this releases, so that's awkward. But before then, I am joined by the poor Glover-in-Chief, the man with all the million-dollar ideas that he has hidden under his bed at home. Zanger. Yes, uh, my quote this week is Star Wars Episode 9. Insert title here. If only we had a title to insert here. No, see, you can go back and just put it in there. I don't know, Zanger. That seems a little too easy. I know. (laughs) It's kind of like last week. A man can dream. It's kind of like last week when someone on this podcast predicted that the New England Patriots were going to win the Super Bowl. Oh. Did I say that? No, I did. Oh, okay. You're like, you're like, boo! You started booing me when I predicted yeah, that's, that. Yeah, I was like, I, I wouldn't have said that. Safest bet in the world, folks. Safest bet in the world. And oddly enough, uh, the very next day, Tom Brady and uh, I don't know the guy's first name, but his last name's Edelman, the MVP for this year football. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know football. Uh, they're at uh, Star. They're at uh, Hollywood Studios fighting with lightsabers in front of like the marquee or the. Uh, matte painting or the concept art of Galaxy's Edge, which was uh, neat, I guess. Uh, But no, those are words. Those are words that were said by a uh, second-rate host on a third-rate podcast. Yeah. So on this week of Knights of Vader, we are going to be talking about Episode Nine rumors. We haven't done a rumors episode probably since Solo last year, and. I figured, why not? There's so many things going around. I know uh, we were all kind of talking about the well. When we were recording this a week ago, you're hearing it now. All these things about Episode 9, the title. But we haven't really delved into any sort of specific rumors. I know back when Colin Madman Trevorrow got thrown off the film, there was a rumor going around that uh, Ray was going to be pregnant after hand-touching with Kylo Ren. Which, oh dear lord, I'll say it again. I will chop off my left arm for that Episode 9 script. Oh man, I want that Colin Madman Trevorrow script so badly. Uh, but a man can dream. I think Zenger will explain this more in detail or throughout the entire episode. We cannot do an episode nine rumor episode without having maybe one of Zenger's most fa- probably Zenger's second most favorite character that he does on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So Hitchman yeah, Zenger. Yes, yeah. we're gonna have an entire episode second with only him. to Judge Zenger, who we've not heard from a lot lately. Uh, there's not been much I need that's been needed to be judged. Oh, there's always things that need well, to be judged in Star once, Wars. Once the episode's announced, maybe the name could be judged. Oh, uh, we can't. Oh, this is gonna be so, that poor title's gonna be judged so hard. Yes, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna need a new gavel. Yes, he has to do to carve out uh, a pound of flesh. 
Yes, a new gavel and probably a new desk. I'm going to probably <laughs> smash through that one. I'm going to gavel so hard. So you're going to have uh, no more uh, Molnir. You'll have a uh, Stormbreaker. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need to get reforged. Underwhelming um, TV spot, by the way. Really? I thought it was fine for what it was. It's, here's the thing. I know that they're not... I know that they know the entire world is watching that everything with that with a fine-tooth comb, just like uh, Captain Marvel. So I'm like, we're not going to see anything anymore. They're going to digitally remove, add, and do everything under the sun to the um, Infinity... I mean, Endgame, so... I really wish they would have just called it Infinity War Part 2. I really wish they would have just called it that. I, well, it, it being called Endgame, I'm like, what was the secret? What was the... <sighs> Doctor Strange. <laughs> I'm like, it was even in the movie. It was in the movie. What was the whole, gotta keep this secret, we'll spoil stuff. I still like Avengers Forever. I don't know what Marvel's gonna do. I, I think I joked about it. Am I, I don't know. It might have been, uh, I don't know, it was under he, either here or Cinemonides, where I think I was talking to Rob about Avengers. And it's like, I don't know how, like, there has to be a reset button on fan interest after Endgame. Considering that the next Marvel film, I'm not counting Spider-Man Far From Home, but considering that the next one is the Black Widow movie, and I just, I find It'll that so... rated yeah, well, that at least that at least has piqued my interest. That's like okay, maybe they'll do some. They'll, they'll play around with the the formula a little bit. But like, think about it. you're gonna have Endgame, which I think is gonna be a movie that's gonna disenfranchise a lot of people. From what I'm hearing about what, and this is again unsubstantiated. I'm not gonna go into specifics, but from what I'm hearing about that movie, I think that movie's gonna do something with the Marvel universe that a lot of people aren't gonna like. Retconning. Yeah, there's gonna be an insane amount of retconning in that movie. Like. Terminator Genesis level retconning, like that level of like going back in time and playing with events. Well, that's the thing that's going to upset me is that they basically like make it to where a ton of stuff doesn't happen, or I, I don't know. It's <sighs> people have described it to me less as a time travel movie and more of an alternate dimensions movie. Weird thing is, according to the mythology of the Infinity Stones within the comics. From one Earth to another, the Infinity Stones become inert if they're not in their home universe. But they've thrown the comics out the window, though. I like, know. I'm, I'm just saying, if, if you want to anger a ton of nerds, just, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's going to make money, though, but I think it's going to royally piss off a lot of people. I think, I, I think there's, there's going to be— I don't disagree. The back, I think if Marvel ever is going to have a backlash— uh, I think it's going to be Iron Man 3 Mandarin level or possibly worse. It's going to be that level of they're going to do stuff in that movie that's going to royally tick people off. And not because like like the thing like, oh, they're going to bring back all the characters that uh, turn to Ash, spoiler alert. Mm. But I, I think that there's going to be things in that that just like the idea of going back in time and, and playing with events – it's it's eh, or or that could be a massive misdirect. It, c- it could be a massive misdirect on their part. I don't. I think it's a little too big. But considering how tight Marvel is with information, it's very well. I mean, possible. they did a ton of misdirects. Heck, um, they had Hulk in the freaking shots and everything, all that, and we never saw him. Uh, they also made toys of like him busting out of the Hulkbuster. So everyone was like waiting for that, and nothing. From what they've said, they changed that at the last minute. Really? That's what they've said. And I and I, I get like certain shots. I get 
Um, I know there's the one shot, folks. We'll get to Star Wars, I promise. Um, but this all kind of this all ties into just the philosophy of Disney. Every once in a while, we kind of take a step back from Star Wars and kind of realize that as much as and not even that narrative has died down in, in the last few months. Uh, Disney still has a lot of control over this stuff. Uh, if Disney don't like something, uh, the mouse doesn't allow it to happen. Oh, you better believe it. Yes. <laughs> I think they're like with the Hulk thing, like there's that one shot in one of the first Infinity War trailers where it's like all them running. And it was like, oh, and it like cuts to like the, the release date. And like, obviously, that is very clearly a shot just filmed for or not even filmed. It's, it's a shot composed for a trailer. But when you have toys of Hulk coming out of the Hulkbuster armor, the, the license, the license partners don't like things being sold and being having images approved that aren't in the actual film. And I know some people out there will say, whoa, whoa, they released a, like a, a Nova figure for Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova wasn't in the movie. Well, that's that's an apple to oranges comparison. That's not the same thing. Well, they also have like all these toys that are supposed to come out with them like in these new suits, which one's like, oh, well, that's them being able to travel through the Quantum Realm suits and everything. I'm like, are they really going to go that far? I don't know. This is technically a conversation for another day sort of thing. Yeah, but I guess I, I, I'm like we, we're going to keep going because even though I said I don't want to talk about it, I do deep down. So it's one of those things. Oh, I know what you mean. Uh, but no, I, guess I, I think like even like with the Disney earnings call, I guess that's the first thing we talk about the fact that we don't have an episode nine title. Like this is the part where I again, I, as anybody who's listened to this podcast now for almost two years, and God bless you if you are if you're a lifer, but. I've always been fascinated by how Disney thinks, like, the, like co- corporate wise, what the corporate culture is at Disney. And I know I've talked about before recently, when, like not recently, but um, with Solo, like, Disney has different tiers of marketing teams, and you can really tell what marketing team is promoting what film because that marketing campaign just hits it out of the park. And like, and the first time that really kind of came to my attention was with the first Avengers film. There was uh, a commercial, it was a thirty-second TV spot, and it's with Iron, it's with Tony Stark in Avengers Tower, which was, it's a little, it's, it's the end of the movie when he's having the bickering with Loki, and he's like, uh, you call it the Avengers, and you have all this, and he and he basically names off the entire roster. And it was a thirty-second TV spot, and it literally explained the entire movie in thirty seconds, from the most die-hard comic fan to someone who's just seen a picture of iron man once and to me that was disney marketing at its absolute finest of the modern era and ever since then it's been almost seven years since that tv spot you can tell when that marketing team is put on certain projects and again like that marketing team didn't get put on something like Tomorrowland or the lone ranger that marketing team gets put on home runs and that's what happened in may with Infinity War versus Solo. Solo did not get the A marketing team. And this is my thing when it comes to the Episode 9 title. Was that in the last week, and again, when you're hearing this, it's a week later. So you're dealing with the week of the um, February 4th, more or less. There has been such... uh, There's been something in the air. Or at the very least, there's a narrative that Lucasfilm... Oh, God, what's the correct way of saying this without coming across as... uh, uh, snobby, but I don't want to say shills because shills isn't the correct word. But you have your Lucasfilm 
lackeys that aren't part of the company, but they're they're within that orbit. And they, for the last three or four days, have been promoting something happening. Like I even know, I think it was Man's Chinese Theater was promoting something on their Twitter thing. And with the Disney earnings call and the return of the Star Wars show, something was a brewing. And I remember yesterday when I was recording Cinemodities and we were recording and the, the earnings call was happening and the whole time I was just kind of like biting my nails like, oh God, they released the episode nine title while I'm trying to record and how am I going to balance these two things? And I remember reading on Twitter, somebody tweeted, and I don't remember who it was, it was around five o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It says they've moved on to uh, the financials, the financials part of the earnings call. Ha, 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 ha. And to anybody who's listened to one of these calls, means once they've kind of moved away from announcements, that's it. They're not going to announce a title or something in the middle or at the end. And I just think it's absolutely fascinating that clearly Lucasfilm or, or Disney was – because Disney distributes these folks. I don't think Lucasfilm's marketing them. And and that's another weird part trying to figure out with Disney and Lucasfilm. Like what's the divider? How much of this is the marketing team of, of Buena Vista Pictures, which distributes all of Disney's films, and how much of this is Lucasfilm handling it? Because clearly something was planned this week. I, I, again, I have nothing to base that on, but just if you've been like me and been following the entertainment industry for how many years, you know when something's a brewing. And something was a brewing and it got squashed. And, and as everybody knows, if anybody listens to uh, John Justice's My Nerd World, like he's been saying now for the last month, uh, we've been overdue for this title. And the fact that we are we are getting into, again, mid-February, and we still don't have a title. And I know there's some people out there saying, well, they announced uh, Avengers 4 back in October of 2014, and we didn't get the Endgame title until December. And it's like, yeah, but that's Marvel, though. Mar- Marvel can name something Avengers, let's go sit on the toilet for half an hour, and people will just throw $100 bills at the screen. Like, Marvel is in really its own universe. Um, Plus, with all the nerd stuff, with everything like that, it's really hard for them to name half of the movies, aside from, like, just a sequel or this or that, because everyone's just going to jump on it immediately. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I That's why it, the Spider-Man stuff, I, I think, is a genius way from how they're doing it. It's it's this obscure nothingness to the comics. It's, yeah. it's its own creation. I, that was just the vibe I've been getting for the last few days. We're overdue for a title. I wonder how much of this is J.J. still. There's one thing that we haven't talked about on this on the podcast is that Dis, uh, uh, J.J.'s Bad Robot has been courting every single movie studio in the known galaxy trying to get like something like a half a trillion dollars in funding uh, for Bad Robot. And it's funny, that story showed up, I want to say sometime late last year, and it's like, oh, you read these stupid, uh, the the trades, the entertainment trades, it's like uh, Disney and Comcast are in a tight bidding war for having a home for J.J. Abrams' bad robot. And I remember when that story was like coming out, it was the end of October, and I'm like, I looked at like, okay, what does bad robot have in the tank? Because again, uh, there's no more J.J. Abrams track, that's dead. Like that's there's no more Kelvin timeline. That is dead. And I'm looking like what what else does Bad Robot have have their their fingers in? And I'm looking and I'm like, okay, they're they're doing Mission Impossible 15 and 16 because nothing's as exciting like a 60 year old Tom Cruise hurting himself. And <laughs> you you look at okay, what else does Bad Robot have? And I looked Overlord. And I remember I remember seeing I'm like Overlord. What is that? And I remembered oh I remember seeing that trailer. 
in front of um, Mission Impossible uh, 14 this summer. And I remember, oh, that was like Nazi zombies or, or the movie. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I look at when it comes out, and I'm like, okay, I think that it's like, okay, clearly the performance of Overlord is going to definitely be a uh, a factor into who starts bidding a little bit more for Bad Robot. And I look, and I think Overlord opened to some, I think, I'll get the correct number right now, but it it opened to some ridiculously low number. And, and it's not the end of the world it- because... It um's budget was thirty eight million and it grossed forty one point seven million. That not good. Yeah, uh, you're de- like again, again. There's a lot of factors in there. Again, pe- whether you market something, it's paramount. It's not like anybody else had any problem with that though. But if J.J. Abrams can't get a movie like that to open properly, and like Zenger said, is if you remember your your box office rules back during the solo days last year, a uh, film typically has to make two and a half, if not three times its budget to be profitable. So based on that, that based on that, Overlord had to make in the ballpark of around a hundred million dollars worldwide to be even considered breaking even. So it's fair to say that Paramount probably took a loss of around at the very least 30 million on that. Again, streaming might cushion that blow a little bit, but I, I don't see Disney writing JJ a check for half a again, it's not half a trillion, obviously. Being uh, by the here. way, um, Overlord grows to. 21.7 million in the u.s yeah uh, so, magic magic yeah. eight ball says oh and and canada so and canada sorry and canada gotta include the canadians well i guess it should be noted that when you go on box office mojo and it says domestic that means north american so it's essentially u.s and canada uh, they don't tell you that in the in any of the articles but uh no again getting back to the getting the, some uh, star wars uh, stuff with this though is that i i don't know like i said i think that's part of it too who knows what's going on with the um the 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 bad robot jj abrams deal with disney uh, from what i can tell jj is a okay how do i say this without getting in trouble it feels like jj is one of these people he knows how to play hardball so I could very well imagine that. Let's say, for example, I, I would imagine JJ wants to be in bed with Disney. I don't. I, I would 100% think he'd like to be in their corner, because they have the financial resources to let him do whatever he wants. I wouldn't be surprised that let's say Disney's cooling on him a bit when it comes to Bad Robot. I could very well imagine Disney has the Episode Nine. Uh, title announcement ready for the week of February 4th and Disney starts to cool on bad robot. He goes, Nope, Nope. I don't want it. I don't want it out there yet. I don't want it out there yet. And they figure, and that's what he does is to be uh, vindictive or some level of just retribution. I don't know. That's just speculation on my part, but that's the sort of vibe I get from JJ. Uh, I think it's still worth pointing out that we, we don't know the full history of the force awakens. I know JW Rinsler, who was supposed to come on this podcast two years ago and then backed out. I know he's going around saying all these things that aren't so flattering about the, the Disney era of Lucasfilm. That's going to be its own episode one day. I definitely want to cover that and, and analyze it. But I wouldn't be surprised if – just again, not to reiterate yeah, – not to reiterate the same point again. But I have a feeling that tr- that title was supposed to come out this week and something – some level of corporate politics hindered, hindered it from coming out this week. Yeah. Uh, Pitchman Zanger, any, any uh, feedback from that All right, dissertation? All right, so – so I would like to set the scene of what's actually going on right now. In 
some boardroom somewhere. Now, of course, Pitchman Zinger's there. Got a ton of other people sitting around. Now, since we're taking place in present day, a ton of people are sitting around with a ton of their cold brew coffees. <laughs> There's a food truck just parked in this meeting room somewhere. <laughs> Pickles, tons of Brussels sprouts, Kale. bacon. PBR is everywhere. And of course, instead of an ashtray, it's a ton of people's like um, e e cigarettes or vapes G- somehow sma- smashed into an ashtray still. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting at the head of the table, well, sorry, there's like two tables somehow. So sitting at the head of one table is J.J. Abrams with a box with a ton of question marks on it sitting in front of him. <laughs> then behind him is, once again, I'm stealing from South Park with this, but Mickey Mouse. That's your scene. And there's several smashed um, whiteboards, a few chalkboards. Just just, just this, this place is a wreck, by the way, because they, they have been going back and forth about this name for episode nine. <laughs> I can very easily imagine most of that. The only uh, thing I take uh, issue with, there's no way they're drinking PBR at Disney. There's no, that is so I was, below. That. I was looking up hipster stuff. No way. And it PBR lists that as craft beer or uh, PBR is the hipster drink. I say like an IPA or something, well, something a little bit more high end. Sorry, Horn. Let me keep scrolling through other stuff. But yeah, ta- scrolling. Ta- taco truck is mentioned. Just any. It says anything off of a taco truck or food truck. I know it had some. Oh yeah, there's there's craft beer and fancy donuts. Yeah, craft. Yeah, craft beer. Yeah, th- there you go. Craft beer. Yeah, not not P- P- PBR. Yeah, right. Like anybody in the executive suite at Disney knows what PBR is. Well, I'm sorry. The the pitch people are just common people. You're treated with contempt by. Uh... The yeah. executive brass. Yes. So, so they're all sitting there, and and there's several names, you know, scraped out on everything. There, there, there's a few written on the walls too. Pitchman Zinger sitting there, and just finally, he's like, "Okay, how about Star Wars Episode Nine, the end?" And he looks over, and and there's a ton of other pitch people. They're all exhausted. They all turn and look at J.J. Abrams, who's like coveting. This 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 box with a ton of question marks on it. And he's like, What about Star Wars episode nine, Out of the Darkness? Oh, I like that. It was me trying to make a play on his into the darkness Star Trek thing, but but yes, Star that Wars would episode work nine, out of the darkness. Works. Ooh. By the way, if I am right on any of these, that's if cool. I am that's good. Right, I called it. That's good, Zanger. I like that. So, so he says that, but then he has to turn around. Still holding this this mystery box. Zanger, I need you to tweet right now. Star Wars Episode Nine: Out of the Darkness. You gotta get, you gotta lock this down. Uh, don't make the don't make the same mistake Marie did with the solo Darth Maul thing. Do not let this be like a weird thing where you can claim that it was known after the fact. You gotta lock it down in writing with a timestamp. What 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 do I do? I need a newspaper and hold it up. I, I'm not even on. Zenger, just go to Twitter. Go to somewhere with a timestamp and just type it so it's on the record. Don't, don't you? You had somebody predict the out of left field ending of Solo, and, and I let sad, it go. And you let it go. And sadly, again, don't let that slip through your grasp again. Okay, need to put a hold on the whole situation. We are pausing at JJ has turned around to 
have Mickey respond. Can you do a JJ respond uh, impersonation? I don't know what he sounds like. I was just going to do him as just some crazy sounding person who's just coveting a box the whole time. JJ's like JJ's like a modern like uh, incarnation of the Riddler. He just walks around with like, like like a suit with question marks on it. Has a cane that has like a question mark at the end of it. Yeah, that's that's how I imagine him, and he's always has a box. Oh, that's what he has instead of the cane. He has a box. Yeah, he has a box. He just puts it down. He's like it's a mystery box. It's a literal mystery box. Star Wars episode. I guess a Roman numeral. It I X. You better. Out of the darkness. Can I put them capitals in there real quick? You gotta um, ha- hashtag Knights of Vader. Second, like, you could be that person where all the, the entertainment trades uh, quote tweet. Like in the moment, anytime like a title for a Star Wars project is announced, everybody immediately goes to like Twitter and types in and see if somebody like five years ago just offhand made like like a reference to something. And it's like, aha, that person knew, knew all along. Right. I can't do hashtag. I can't do at Knights of Vader. <laughs> no, hashtag. You don't mention it. Yeah. You, 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 hashtag Knights of Vader. Star Wars Episode 9, Knights of Vader. Bum, 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 <laughs> that's, bum. that's why they kept deleting our Twitter. That's why. <laughs> That'd be really funny if that explains. It's like, well, that explains a lot then. Oh, that'd be great. Getting like a cease and desist letter from Disney. Oh, man. My dream. Change your name of the podcast again. It's tweeted. Time Good. stamped. Good. Now everybody will know when we really recorded all this. <laughs> like, like, we don't point it out at a constant basis. Anyways, um, so then Mickey kind of leans forward. But he's he's in shadow. Of course, he leans forward and he goes, ha, ha, that might work. And everyone, you know, sort of like sighs relief. And he's like, that would work. More, give me more recommendations on this name, and everyone sighs. And we'll cut back to that later. <laughs> Forty-five minutes into this episode, later. So, so, so my joke name, my joke name is the best thing we have so far. Got it. Basically, I'm going to go through some episode nine rumors, and we'll get uh, Zenger's uh, hot takes on it. Uh, we're starting with some rumors that are about, I don't know. Uh, three weeks ago, just give a little bit of context. One of the rumors is that apparently episode nine might be shooting at the uh, Cardington Sheds, which is a location where they which they use to film the outside portions of the Yavin Four base for Rogue One. I thought uh, they already were. Do- I thought they finished shooting. Well, there's there's rumors that the principal photography. No, I told you I'm going th- back three weeks ago on rumors. Oh, okay. And for everybody wondering, I'm I'm like any sort of normie out there. I'm just using uh, Star Wars leaks on Reddit. Another rumor was that John Williams apparently will start scoring Episode Nine sometime in the summer. And he's done. He's done after this too. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, I I think that quote's been made before by him, but yeah, sure. Uh, I, I think it's just an issue of uh, whether he has the, the the stamina and how big how many zeros were in the check at the end of the day for John Williams at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if they've had the score for episode nine in the can even before this. I, I think they gave John Williams the themes of this. I, I, from what I've heard with John Williams, he works a lot more off the theme, like the ideas, as opposed to actual like footage footage. As opposed to just footage. Uh, I think that's kind of what it is with him. I wouldn't be surprised if, if the, the score for episode nine is already in the can somewhere. I would not doubt for a second. 
And uh, another part of the rumors I'm reading, well, this is from 20 days ago, or 27 by the time you're hearing this, is that things heat up on J.J.'s big deal. Disney's needs a potential frontrunner, possibly meaning Abrams could be involved with more Star Wars projects. Like I said, I, I, I think Disney has cooled on, on J.J. I think J.J. got brought in because he was the only person that could, that could take over Episode Nine on such short notice. One thing, too, worth pointing out about Episode Nine is that I I don't know if we have a definitive answer to this. I haven't been able to find anything. Was that a lot of people forget that Episode Seven was a joint production between Lucasfilm and Bad Robot, and that wasn't the case with Rogue One, Last Jedi, or Solo. I don't know if Bad Robot has wiggled its way into Episode Nine. No idea on that. And I think that could be another uh, canary in the coal mine when it comes to this deal going through with J.J. Is that if Bad Robot is partitioned away from Episode Nine, I'm inclined to believe that Disney – again, it, it's part of corporate politics too. Is that let's say Disney isn't uh, interested in Bad Robot. There's a very real possibility is that as a favor to J.J., Disney could kind of uh, – what's the word? Pad the bidding process. Mm-hmm. To make it a little bit more competitive, so he gets more money out of a Comcast or an Apple or whoever else is interested in working with him. I think there's an, there's an element to that too. Is that maybe they're trying to drive up the price? Again, speculation on my part, nothing to base off of just my own, just kind of understanding of this industry. Like I said, that's the vibe I'm getting. I, I honestly don't because look at it, Disney's not in the business of original IPs. Even though I make fun of J.J. for being a hack, something like Overlord is an original IP. Cloverfield, well, was an original IP. (laughs) And and, and Disney, I I don't know, I can't imagine J.J. being hired to do the the live-action Lilo and Stitch. That that seems like that would be – he's not Tim Burton. He's not that washed up. He's a hack to me, but he's not washed up. He's not publicly a hack. Yeah, no, like I say, I, I don't know. I, I, to this day, I still don't get why people respect J.J. Abrams as a director. Like, Because it, it, it's the box. Well, I guess. He's not incompetent. I guess that's like, like if, if I had to give like a, uh, a recommendation for J.J., it would be, he's not incompetent, question mark. <laughs> that's kind of like a Force Ghost Jim with his uh, recommendation for Aquaman. It's just an effing movie. My recommendation, <laughs> of J- My recommendation for J.J. is, he's not incompetent, question mark. <laughs> oh man, I, I just I just want a solid list of all the movie box. I mean, the movie blurbs that that we come up with. Episode two, Attack of the Clones, a film that people watched. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. All right, I'm gonna do a cutaway real quick. So, cutaway music, do 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 So we cut to once again. It's 2018. So. Instead of food trucks, it's a ton of uh, street tacos littering, like boxes and stuff, littering the desk and everything. Um, Abrams isn't there. Mickey isn't there. It's just these, it's just a ton of people sitting there, been there for days, trying to come up with the name for this Han Solo movie that is already been, quote unquote, a train wreck to deal with up until this point. And they're sitting there and they're so bored trying to figure out a name for this. They've got, Cup sitting out, and they're throwing ping pong balls back and forth at each other, bouncing you know names off of each other. Pitchman Zinger is right in that zone. Let's cut to it. One of the guys is like, I, I, I just, I don't even think this movie's going to get made. And 
Pitchman Zinger's like, ah, we just got to come up with a name. It's it's Han Solo. He's like an iconic character. And the best we can com- come up with is Falcon, the movie. We're terrible at our jobs. Throws the throws the ping pong ball. Knocks over the guy across from him's cup. He's like, hey, man, you knocked over my cup. And as the cup rolls, Pitchman Zinger sees Solo on the bottom of the cup and goes, that's it. That's it. We name the movie after that cup. Solo. Bum, 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 bum. There you go. That was a bad one. <laughs> no, Singer. <laughs> They're all... No, correction. All of these are going to be awful. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the Solo name, I was thinking about this. This was uh, just a couple days ago. I have a couple of, like, Solo Star Wars Story t-shirts. And I think I asked Zenger this back, like, in, like, May, right before the movie came out. I was looking at getting some solo shirts. And I think I sent him a couple of the ideas. Uh, back when we had Knights of Vader Twitter account, I think I posted it on there. Like, which one should I get? And I was thinking about that because I, I, I got a couple of the shirts. And I realized none of the – okay, when it comes to, like, brand or brand partnerships and just licensing, it takes – months if not years to get all this stuff approved i I, as anybody who knows their uh, star wars toy history like that was one of the concerns with return of the jedi and gary kurtz and especially with the prequels was that disney or uh, excuse me lucas was allowing the toy people in there really kind of in at the ground floor when it came to like designs characters things like that and it's one of the the it's like when uh, Rogue One came out and all the Jin Urso Jin Urso merchandise said Sergeant Jin Urso because when all the stuff was being approved by the licensed partners in Disney, she was at that point being called Sergeant Jin Urso. And then by the time the movie came out, she had no ranking whatsoever in the film. I remember when the solo title was announced, even before then, I was convinced the film was going to be called The Kessel Run: A Star Wars Story. Oh man, that was a good one. That was a good one, but this is my theory though about that is that I looked at a lot of like the T-shirts and merchandise of Solo, and there's a lot of mentioning of the Kessel Run, and because if you look back at Solo merchandise, and I'm not talking about toys or anything like that, I'm talking about like T-shirts, stuff that like you want with the logo. Like when Last Jedi came out, almost all the T-shirts that revolved around that film had the words "The Last Jedi" on it. Same with Force Awakens. Rogue One. So you think it was a last minute change? I think what it was was that they, well, not a last minute change, but I'm thinking that I remember back when I was complaining about Solo uh, last year, I said, why not make this film like Rogue One? Like, if you take Rogue One and you change the name of the movie from Rogue One to Jin Erso or Erso, a Star Wars story, your movie's going to make at least 40% less. For no other reason than it's like the audience does not care about this character. Not because Jyn Erso is not compelling in her own right. I like Jyn Erso. But I think it's you need that Star Wars mystique. So what if Lord and Miller, in their take on the Solo or that film, was more... Kessel Run oriented, just with Han Solo being the main character of the events, much like Jyn Erso in Rogue One. But when Ron Howard came in, and with Kathleen Kennedy's, again, lack for a better word, meddling, they changed the movie from the Kessel Run being the event of the film into then spinning it more and more as to making it a a character piece. Could be. 
that's that's just an idea. Again, I, I feel like this is gonna be the real title of this episode. Nothing to base it off of, folks. Just speculation guided by uh, wisdom and intuition. Just just an idea out there. Just think about it. if you look at a lot of the solo merchandise, there, there was not a lot of it with that name on there, and that usually means something changed. It's it, that's usually the 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 the, the sign. But uh, no, getting back to some episode nine rumors. Um, the Kessel is- Run Millennium Falcon, not the solo Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like I said, the signs are there if you know where to look for them. And until we until 30, 40 years from now, we might we might not ever get an answer. Uh, but no, episode nine rumor time. This is from uh, Reddit. This is some guy. It's it's labeled as probably BS. Carrie Russell and Mark Hamill shot many scenes together this past month. There's a scene of Carrie Russell in childbirth crying for Luke. Ray visits Tatooine. Mark Hamill filmed several silent scenes where he is looking distraught and will be de-aged. More flashbacks? Ah, I think so. Star Wars has never been a big flashbacks thing now until the newer stuff. Yeah, but I think we're going to get more and more context to the the Luke Skywalker-Kylo Ren relationship i think we're gonna get more context to that the only thing i have to say is that i have heard rumors and i'm i'm hearing them from the right places that something's gonna happen on tatooine because i know there's that comment that jar jar made back again hard to believe almost two years ago now that he wanted to bring like all eras of star wars together and I just, considering that J.J. is the nostalgic hack that he is, I just don't see him not ending this film with the final shot on Tatooine. I think I think we have to go back to Tatooine. And I wouldn't be surprised there, if— There's the name of the film. <laughs> we have to go back to Tatooine. <laughs> there we go. I can get behind that. There's your episode nine film. I was joking on Twitter a couple of days ago saying something like, I wouldn't be surprised if they re- I, if they could get away with it, if they would call the film Return of the Hope. Episode 9, Return of the Hope. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Again. <laughs> return of the Return of the Jedi. Return of the... Yeah, I like that. The SEO would like that. The, the Carrie Russell stuff, I think Carrie Russell's going to be another... I had this theory back when Laura Dern was cast as Vice Admiral Haldo that she was going to be a leftover remnant of the New Republic fleet, something very similar to uh, the redo of Battlestar Galactica with the Pegasus. I That was just kind of the vibe I got from that, and I was wrong. Clearly, Haldo was a Resistance member that was just being introduced in that film for the first time. Because you can do that. Yeah, like whatever, to each his own. I, I have no problem with Hall, though. Uh, I, I, I guess I still don't know why she couldn't tell Poe the plan, but whatever. And because there was a spy in there, Mitz. Man, I don't know. I don't think they've ever given an explanation as to why she can't. She couldn't tell him the plan. I don't think there's any comic book. There's nothing that would explain why she couldn't just tell him the plan. They could make something even very similar that, like, oh, if an escape pod like let out, maybe the first order would notice it. I don't know. Usually, you can explain something that something like that away with a line of dialogue, but whatever. Last night is perfect. Didn't know what they were doing. I know. Worst Star Wars film ever. Did anyone has anyone tied up Ryan Johnson yet? We have to get him on that crucifix. We got to burn him at the stake. Get him. I don't know what Carrie Russell's role in this film is going to be. 
I know there's a lot of people out there that have a, uh, uh, that are hoping from Mar Jade. Uh, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put any eggs in that basket, but to each his own. I was about to say, um, didn't, didn't Lucas say that he despisingly hated that character recently or something that he came out that he was that, like, yeah, that's part of the JW Rinsler stuff where he claimed Lucas hated Mar Jade. I'll believe well, it. I, yeah. Well, like I said, I, Oh God, Lucas, I went back and rewatched that. Charlie Rose interview that Lucas did during the uh, the lead up to the Force Awakens, and Lucas is so guarded and is deliberately like playing mental gymnastics with Charlie Rose in that interview. And I think Charlie Rose isn't even uh, it's weird. I don't even I don't think Lucas is even playing mental games with Charlie Rose. He's playing it with the fans that are watching it that hate him. He and, he's playing that 4D chess that you see in Star Trek. I really think he is. Like, I, I want anybody to go back and watch the hour-long interview Charlie Rose had with Lucas in 2015. And you watch that, and Lucas is mentally sparring with the people who hate him. <laughs> it's there. I, I honestly got – I was watching it. I'm like, I can't imagine this. Again, he sold the company three years ago, yet he still cannot reconcile his um, contempt for Star Wars. I just but, got this mental image of – since you said him sparring – I just get this mental image, and God forbid if anyone else pop, has this pop into their head, of Lucas in, like, boxing attire. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say still wearing a shirt without the sleeves, though. I'll give oh, it God. that. And him sitting, like, somehow, like, moving like a prize fighter and being like, all right, bring in the next one. I'm ready for this. And it's just another, like, nerdy kid just in a Star Wars short, shirt with, like, a... Toy lightsaber steps into the ring and he's like, "What's this?" Oh, hey, Mister Lucas. Oh, I get to talk to you today. And he's like, "All right, time to put another one down." And he just that's for thinking you know what I'm doing. But this is no, uh, okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> Bring in the next one. <laughs> no, Zenger, Zenger, you're almost spot on. You just got to tweak one part of that uh, scenario. <laughs> instead of a boxing ring, it's the cave on Dagobah, and instead, in Luke, in Lucas is Luke Skywalker, and he brings his weapons in. Except it being Darth Vader, it's like some five foot four dweeby guy who's overweight and has a neck beard, and that's that's who he's fighting against. And the problem is that every single time he decapitates them and their head explodes, he sees himself inside. That's what it is. But but every time their first thing is, oh, hey, George, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And then they spout off something of how the prequels don't match up to the original series or just something about like just something that, that would just instantly get under his skin. Basically. <laughs> I just love just the it's nice to meet you. Let, let me throw shade at at everything you've done with your life immediately after saying that statement. Either one, vote on Twitter. Let it let us know. Do you want him in a boxing ring or on Dagobah? Yeah, either way, he's now. beating up nerds. Lucas is fascinating. Uh but getting back to like Mara J, Carrie Russell. I, I think Carrie Russell's gonna do what Carrie Russell does best. She's gonna play Morally, okay, what Carrie Russell's done a lot lately, kind of like morally ambiguous character. Well, like, do we should we trust her? Should we not? Oh, yay, another one of these ones. I, I would like to see her like try to. I, I know there's a lot of talk about Richard E. Grant being like part of like a coup d'etat against General Hawks. 
I would love to see Carrie, like Carrie Russell, be like a a Why more are we involved in introducing Hawk- more bad guys. That uh, well, Jabba wasn't introduced till Jedi. General Jabba Grievance had wasn't. Thing. Yeah, but General Grievance was introduced in the last in the in Revenge of the Sith. No, he was introduced in the TV series and did yeah, amazing. We're job. not going. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Oh, hold, on, that- hold on, hold on, got. What if we introduce a character in this? Um, what's his name? Tough, tough, tough. That's a lot of letters. Um, what if we introduce it in his thing, and then we have him in the movie, but have all of his backstory and all the cool stuff he does in this TV show instead? Oh, we got to give him some disability. Why don't we just have him coughing the entire time? This guy in Woodstock, Virginia is going to claim he sounds like some girl named Rachel for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> did, you ever get, did you ever get a response back from your friend for that? He did liked it. He, I'm pretty sure it's probably his background on his phone now or something. Uh, I think that was Jerry. So, Jerry, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for that. It made my day, and I'm sure it made his. <laughs> when I first saw that, I completely forgot about like the context behind that. I'm like, oh, I, I immediately was just like, yes. <laughs> um, see, folks, that's another. That's like a number f- reason. Like that's reason number four as to why you create a podcast. You get to sit there have listeners that make memes regarding inside jokes that you have with your friends from high school how many years earlier. Yes. The- um, also, speaking of why you create a podcast now. Next person stepping in the ring against Mr. Lucas is some lanky-looking kid with a with a mug and um, claims to know a lot about film. Oh, hey, Mr. Lucas, it's a present, pl- pleasure to meet you. Uh, I really like the prequels. I'll show you how to have a podcast, you son of a bitch. Proceed uh, to beat up Zach, by the way. Yeah, just in case, <laughs> just in case nobody got that. <laughs> Just in case nobody got this, I'm going to have to make sure he's very explicit toward the end. <laughs> he beats up Zach then. Good, good. Oh, man. Somebody needs to ask J.W. Rensler on Twitter. Porg Knight, we're giving you a job to do. Okay, Zenger continues to uh, pee himself laughing. Uh, <laughs> Porg Knight, we're giving Porg Knight. Considering that you're really the only active listener we have on Twitter right now, uh, we need we need you to tweet to J W Rinsler and ask him what Lucas's thoughts on the micro series were. Get on it, Pork Knight, and then we might be able to. Uh, considering that you've shown your daughter already Star Wars, and it wasn't the holiday special, and that invalidated you from getting a free mug. Uh, by oh. doing this, if you get an answer, wait, hold on a second. Okay. Uh, by doing this, you might be able to get back into the running of that free mug. So, Zenger, I know what you're about to say, but I think last week you talked about you showing your daughter the holiday special. Yes, and did but did she recognize it? The problem was the version I showed her had the ad for Star like Star Wars toys at the beginning. So that kind of gave it away. But she was like instantly, oh, Star Wars. So I rewound a little bit ahead and she came back in. She goes, Star Wars. So it was the scene where they where the people were dancing on the hollow thing. Oh, uh, hollow. Okay. The hollow crap. The, the chessboard. I'm tired. <laughs> It's late, folks. So we're going to cut to to another boardroom at Lucasfilm now because it's it's the two mid two thousands, sorry early two thousands, littering the um, 
the table is Chinese food, containers, cupcakes, especially miniature cupcakes were big in the 2000s, fruit smoothie, containers everywhere. Apparently, also sliders were a big thing for some reason. Miniature, miniature desserts and burgers, yeah. And um, brown butter pasta. don't remember that from the early 2000s. Anyways, so all that's sitting there. Once again, pitch, I mean, pitch meetings completely trashed. Everyone's exhausted because they've been throwing out ideas. Lucas is sitting there at, at, at the head of the table because, you know, don't forget, this is his thing still. He's like, I just... I just want us to come up with a with a name for my for my episode three guys. I just wanna just wanna conclude this 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 epic saga I've been trying to play out by doing the. Are, are we calling them prequels still? I like to call it a pre saga if possible. And he kind of meanders off talking to himself for a minute as he stares out the window with people, of course, holding the toy as established in a previous episode of this show. People holding toys with strings attached to them of different Star Wars things. So it looks like it's in space, but it's actually just a ton of toys and stuff outside the window. Pitchman Zinger's sitting there and he's like, why don't we like call it like Rise of the Sith? Maybe because the Sith are coming back. I just want to see my kids. <laughs> Lucas is like, I like the Sith idea. It it really emphasizes stuff, but but you you know back in the day I was originally going to call Return of the Jedi Return Revenge of the Ewoks, but then someone shot me down and said no one would like that, so instead I called it Revenge of the Jedi, and then proceeds to go on a twenty minute spiel about how how he he pitched this idea and everything, and then ends it with. But then I decided to change it to Return of the Jedi, and Pitchman Zinger just screams out, Oh, God, just please call it Revenge of the Sith. He's like, you know what? That sounds okay. But could we put Gunkins in it? Gungus. <laughs> Let's flash back to even more early 2000s. I'm just going to do the whole, whole prequels real quick. Same stuff's lettering the table because it's the early 2000s. And they're sitting there. Lucas is like, I just I just need a name for the second installment of my great film franchise. Well, second episode, but like the fifth installment? Yeah, fifth installment of my my thing, but the second episode. That won't be confusing, will it? To anybody? How's that reading across the room? Once again, everyone's exhausted. And they, they just they just got finished watching like one of the test screenings of it. He's like, I just I, I just don't know what to call it. Uh I, I mean, my only idea is the mystery of Sifo Diaz. <laughs> Maybe that's the title of episode nine. <laughs> the Chronicles of Sifo Diaz. Yeah. And Pitchman Zinger is very irritated. Anytime very- Sifo Diaz is mentioned. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just very irritated in general. And he goes, that, that entire movie was complete garbage. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. I felt like... I was getting attacked by this movie. It is just, I, I just might as well have cloned everything in this and then so I could kill it because this was awful. And Luke's is like, exactly. It's an attack of the clones. And then Pitchman Zinger screams because he helped create the worst Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> oh, God. So much Pitchman Zinger, so little time. 
And then finally, flashback to 1999. Everywhere is playing Let's Party Like It's 1999. Is just playing in the background, because if you weren't alive during 90, 1999, that's what was playing. It was always playing in the background during 1999. You just didn't realize it. If, if, you, if you watch any home videos or stuff from then, turn up the volume a little bit and try to isolate it. You can hear it in the background. People were like walking around trying to have conversations together and like, where is that coming from? They're like chewing the air. Get out of here. But during this time, we cut to another pitch meeting. And for some reason, a young spunk and wanting to prove himself, Pitchman Zinger is in the room. I don't know how this is going to work because somehow in the 80s, he was around then too for those. <laughs> whatever. He's a time so, he's sit- he- so he's sitting there and Lucas is like, all right, guys, this is the first episode of my of of my uh, saga I'm doing. You know, this is the story of, of how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. And it's going to match up perfectly and going to be hailed as one of the greatest things of all time. And and I was thinking, I mean, one of my name ideas was uh, Rise of the Goongas. Because they're going to be essential to the next two episodes and help shape the world of Star Wars. And Pitchman Zinger's like, well, why don't we have a thing talking about, you know, the enemy? You know, there's there there there's there's the bad guys there that they're kind of like phantoms in the night. And and Lucas is like, yes, and they're and they're phantoms. They're very menacing phantoms. Phantom menace. Yes, that's it. And then Pitchman Zinger realizes that name doesn't make any sense. They're they're not even in the movie that much. Why couldn't we call it episode one, A New Beginning, or episode one, The Beginning, or just anything else, Lucas? Yes, The Phantom Menace, and as he leaves the room. (laughs) And then Pitchman Zinger goes, oh god, what have I done? Phantom Menace is really a terrible name, by the way. No, it's not. I think it's cool. I like it. Sounds better than Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is cool, too. I like all the titles. I think I don't think there's been a Star Wars film other than Solo that's had a bad title. Okay. Well, I'll Dead go air. to the original trilogy later. Okay. <laughs> I like to imagine that Pitchman Zanger starts like in 2015, realizes he screws up, goes back in time every single time to try to fix one of these problems, <laughs> and somehow compounds the problem even worse <laughs> each time. Well, it's just funny to do the Lucas comes up with it, and it's just like, why? <laughs> just always just leaving the room. Is like, oh, this is such a great idea I came up with. <laughs> Some more episode nine uh, rumors discussion. Apparently, about I don't know, at the end of January, someone posted on Instagram that Star Wars episode nine, the set was being dressed in snow, along with a snow building. Set oh, goody, they're going to haul. Struck- well, I don't know why they would do another. Considering that, like, when you think of snow in Star Wars, you think of Hoth. And that Star Killer base, obviously, the ending of that is is a snowy terrain. Wait, wasn't that just Hoth? There's more snow planets than just the one. Apparently, you know, probably most of the audience doesn't know that. Uh, also, there's more desert planets than tattooing. Yeah, it's like Hoth, Star Killer base. Oh wait, that's Tatooine, what they should. Jakku. That's what they should should name the the last movie. Why does everyone want to go to Jakku? <laughs> that I can get behind. That I can get behind. But yeah, I hope they don't go to another uh, snow planet. I can do without that. Um, but speaking of Star Wars planets, 
This was from uh, about a week ago. Making Star Wars does not think Bot 2 is in Star Wars Episode 9. Now, this is a complex topic, probably best for another day. Considering so much merchandise that's being pushed for Galaxy's Edge between the books, all that. I saw some article a couple weeks ago. That would have actually been a great movie name. Those idiots! No, Galaxy's Edge. Star Wars Episode 9, Galaxy's Galaxy's Edge. No, because it it doesn't have the A New Hope, The Force Awakens, Return of the... Nah, I was thinking about that. That's Galaxy's Edge, what the hell does that mean? That could mean anything. Well, and there's nothing, and there's nothing Star Warsy in a title like that. That's another thing too. People have to realize, like, you're never gonna get another Star Wars title like A New Hope. You're never gonna get a title because there's nothing Star Warsy in in the phrase A New Hope. You're gonna need something like Plus, that. The, one was retroactively done too. So, well, it was retroactively done in the '80s, so it's not that big of a deal. Or actually, maybe '79. I've always kind of lost um, track of when. I actually haven't pulled up, just making sure I'm getting the dates right for all these. The first film was subtitled Episode 4, A New Hope, with its 1981 re-release. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but there's nothing Star Wars-y about that. Like, Disney's not going to sit there, um, have a, a Star Wars Episode 9, uh, 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 Hope Hope is Reborn. They're not going to have they're not gonna have a title like that. There's nothing Star Wars-y about a title like that. Like that's the one. That's the one sad thing. Like where Lucas would do something like the Phantom Menace that isn't Star Warsy. Disney ain't gonna do that because again, the marketing, the, the market research team isn't gonna approve that. So, so something say, like Episode Nine: The New Error. Yeah, they're not, they're not gonna do. Yeah, they're not gonna do that. Like they episode might Episode Nine: Empire's Fall. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. Uh, no, no, it would have to be um, Episode Nine: The Last Order. No, they're not going to do another. They already had two titles. That's another thing, two people. Keep in mind when it comes to this episode nine title. They're not going to do another title that begins with the. Think about it. We have The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. It's not going to be a the beginning title. It's going to be episode nine, Last Order. Nah. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Because they they want. The thing, it's going to be like. um, It's going to be like Endgame. It's like poetry. Yes, but but the problem is that they don't want. They don't want to close the door on it. They want to leave. Think about it. Star Wars just re- by the time Episode Nine comes out, at the end of this year, Star Wars will only kind of have been restarted for four years. Like you juxtapose that with like Marvel. Think about it. Iron Man comes out in two thousand eight, and four years later you have the Avengers, which was really the the really the genuine start of the MCU in the sense of just being this massive thing in the pop culture. You're not going to get a title like that. Like you're not going to get the equivalent of an end game for episode nine. It's going to be something with like some sort of hope or rebirth or a new era, something like that. It's like I said, I, I had a couple ideas that again, please don't put any stock in me, but it's, it's good. I, I know for the last couple of days, the rumor has been going around that be calling a star Wars episode nine balance of the force. I think that title's a little too clever for them. Something like that. I, again, I know apparently Balance of the Force is some pinball game. If that is the case, then uh, Lucasfilm just threw a fantastic title down the toilet to each his own. Uh, but I, th- I think Balance of the Force would have been a great title for this. Um, some of the titles I had in mind for this, Star Wars Episode Nine, A Rebellion Reborn, 
Star Wars Episode Nine: Harmony of the Force. Star Wars Episode Nine: A Galaxy United. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: A Galaxy's Hope. Hope, yeah, like I said, I don't know that 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 at least has a little bit more stuff in it. I think one I liked the most, and I think I stole this from an Entertainment Weekly article, was Star Wars Episode Nine: uh, A Spark of Hope. I like that one. I think that would be a a, a cool a cool title. Obviously, referencing uh, Episode. Eight, which we all know everybody hates with a die with an undying passion. But uh, hey, that's just me. But um, yeah, getting back to Batu in episode nine, I I think Batu's gonna show up in there somehow. I I, I just I, I it depends because I know there are some laws out there that you're not allowed to show something in in media that can be purchased later on. If anybody know if anybody knows their like Yu-Gi-Oh card history, there there was a law saying that you couldn't cuz I know if anybody knows their original like the Yu-Gi-Oh TV series that aired this in This is um, interesting. <laughs> I know, I figured I'd I, per- I, I Yeah, you you got I, my I, interest. I, I'm I, like, I, I, wait, what attention. is this thing? Well, okay, if did you For ever the watch the first your- time in this podcast, I'm interested. <laughs> Did you ever watch the original, like, the, the, oh, like, the, what was it? The original cut, not the, I guess the original episodes, the overseas, like, the, the, the original dub. Did you ever watch any of those, Zanger? No. I no. know of Yu-Gi-Oh! But, yes. I played this game called Magic. Uh, the adult version. The game for people who, who don't grow out of playing, uh, children's card games. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> So many jabs. Um, and as I look around my ceiling with all my ships that are waiting to kill me in my sleep, my my infantilization will kill me one day, folks. Uh, Zenger's magic cards can't do that to him just yet. But no, what happened with Yu-Gi-Oh! is that if I don't you know if you the- drop a box on me, that thing's pretty heavy by now. <laughs> but if you watch the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, from overseas, like all the cards kind of look like what the cards look like in real life. And when they uh, brought the the episodes to the U.S., they ha- I think there's a law. I'm almost certain there's a law that said that you can't like show something in like media and have you can literally purchase the identical item, like like at home. So like like if you were watching Yu-Gi-Oh and you saw like literally like like Yu-Gi has the uh, Dark Magician, and it was like the card that looked identical to the one you get out of like a booster pack. They couldn't legally do that. There's laws against that for, I guess, child protection that you can't like do something like exact like a one to one extrapolation. And yeah, it, there's I, like I, dual disc things that people actually bought where you could wear it on your arms. Yeah, but it, it doesn't do the same things it does. I mean, like a one to one approximation. Like, think about it. Like Yugi has the Dark Magician, and if it looks, I, I mean, like it is literally identical. It, ha- it, it, it could be almost like a photograph for all intents and purposes. There's no difference between the two. That's different because in the world of the TV show, it's a, um, it's a, it's a card for a game. In real life, it's a card for a game. Whereas the dual disc is an apparatus in the game, whereas in real life, it's just like a role playing toy. Interesting. Like I said, I remember reading that again, guy, like ten plus years ago. From what I remember reading, they cited their 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 uh, the laws behind it. But that was the basis for it. I don't know if something like that would come into play with Galaxy's Edge. I don't know if, if the idea of, of literally showing it. Um, I, but I have to think. Oh, the cards that, are different. Yeah. Uh, but considering that the Galaxy's Edge in California will be open for at least three to four months 
prior to episode nine being released in theaters, I have to think that Disney can't resist shooting. And considering that Galaxy Edge is, is being hyped as the most realistic theme park experience ever, I, I can't imagine them resisting filming something in there one night. I just, I, I cannot resist them. Like they could even do what Joss Whedon did with the Avengers, where you had the premiere in like April. And that night they filmed the shawarma scene and they plugged it into the uh, the final product. I could very well see them film like like doing something in like November and then having it ready like two months later. I'm sorry, a month later. I guess I, I don't know, but again, there's there's a, a precedent for it in the entertainment industry and within the Disney Corporation. So I don't know. Like, uh, making Star Wars is pretty spot on, so I'm not going to take anything away from them. But I, I just can't imagine Disney just not saying, do it. I, I, again, that's one where they'd be putting JJ's, holding JJ's hand to the fire and being like, you have to do this. It, it'll, it'll sell more uh, timeshare or DVC timeshares. All right, there's another rumor about a uh, discount uh, Tarkin. General Hux finds a way to slip away from the ground battle of episode 9. As he runs through a marsh, suddenly he comes into contact with a massive turtle creature. He is startled, but the turtle monster is walking slowly, so he seems more calm. As he is jogging away, the turtle head extends like a snake around 40 feet long and grabs him by the torso. As Hux screams in agony, the snake head retracts, and he is pulled into the opening of the turtle shell where his last screams are heard. Listed is BS on Reddit. I don't know. Seems 100% possible. That sounds like something JJ would do. It seems very Sarlacc Pit reminiscent. It, it seems like something JJ would do. Like I can imagine JJ taking Hux and just throwing him in the garbage, much like Phasma. I know Reddit hasn't listed as BS, but I 100% believe that's something they uh, they would uh, that he would do with Hux. Godzinger. Yeah, I, I don't. I know, I know, I'm a fun rumor guy for all this stuff, but I, I, I need, I need something of substance to chew on to start it, and I'm just not. Is is Hux really a villain that 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 deserves that kind of treatment? Oh, in JJ's mind, absolutely, because because in JJ's mind, he's disposable. Like I'm honestly surprised that he didn't get thrown down the trash compactor with Phasma. Speaking of which, I'm I'm almost certain that there's gonna be no Phasma in this movie. Almost certain. I remember I read something. This was a couple of months ago that somebody was talking about a. Again, if you follow your Reddit leaks, you probably know about this already. That there was a licensing meeting regarding like all the Star Wars products going forward for 2019. And we're talking about again Episode Nine, Resistance, Galaxy's Edge, Clone Wars, Save, Mandalorian, and someone said something that Phasma wasn't being licensed under the Episode Nine marquee, but under Resistance. So maybe that's how the Phasma story will continue, is under Resistance, not Episode 9. I haven't heard anything about Gwendolyn Christie being connected to Episode 9 or shooting anything. Who knows? They've, they've already thrown that character in the garbage twice, one time literally, the other time a little bit more uh, candidly. I'd like to see Phasma actually do something of value or substance, considering how much she was built up in the, the hype marketing for Episode I 7. I really but... wish they, they, they had done the cutscene thing. The scene that got cut, I really wish that actually happened. In uh, from uh, Last Jedi, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be nice. It's oh man, it's been a while since I've seen it. It's where she like shoots her own trooper and everything. Well, yeah, she's uh, having a mustache twirling 
villain moment and she's like I'm the one that that turned down the shields on Starkiller base and I will do it again too and like all the troops just kind of like lower their weapons at like lower their weapons which they originally had pointed at Finn and like and they all kind of like look around at each other and she slowly like Zenger said just picks each of them off kind of very uh, very Jason Bourne Bond ass just bang bam 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 I wish they had done that because I'm like it, it gives more to depth to her character than just she's back and she's gone. Well, in the, okay, I get why they cut that scene because in the context of the Last Jedi, if you look at what's going on in that movie at that specific portion of it, you have the Kylo Ren, you, you have the aftermath of Lightspeed Bullet. Finn and Rose are trying to escape. There's kind of like this quick. We have to get to the shuttle. And um, if you put that scene in there, it slows down the momentum of it. And I get, I get why they cut it out. I wish they would have maybe not just again thrown Phasma down the fiery pit. It's to each his own. Like I still think I, I look at. I have a Phasma action figure. And it sits on top of my uh, modem, and I look at it like every day. And I still think Phasma's wondering cool- if it's going to fall into a giant pit of fire. Actually, now do you bring it up? However, it's position. It's like balancing on top of the modem. And if I walk past the modem a little too hard, it actually falls down a lot. So maybe maybe there's this weird sort of poetic justice to Phasma that's uh, happening every day. You know, her my, toys never home. stand up properly. <laughs> oh my god! No! 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 Oh my god! In a meeting. So what are we gonna do with Phasma? Man, this stupid toy we have never stands up properly. It always falls over. Pitchman Zinger in the corner. What if we just kill her character off having her fall down? Like, <laughs> why don't we just do that? I, I would firmly <laughs> believe that. I, that's like, I have all the Pitchman Zinger scenarios. That T- is one tonight, I can yeah. firmly. Fir- <laughs> yeah, tonight. I have all of them. I can firmly believe that that happened at one point. See, they have idea. to happen organically. If I try to force them, they're, they're nothing. On that note, so let's flash back to the groovy 1970s, early 80s. There's hamburger helper boxes and hamburger help <laughs> print out. What? what? What does that have to do with it? <laughs> hamburger helper was first introduced in 1971. It, I, I was looking at popular foods from the 80s. I mean, from the 70s. I have pineapple chicken, quiche, cheese balls, or cheese logs. Ugh. Carrot cake, pasta primavera, stuffed vegetables, and meat. What the hell is this podcast anymore, Zenger? <laughs> what are we even doing anymore with our lives? I, I have to describe what's littering the table because every pitch meeting or every writer's room thing, it's always littered with Chinese food, pizza boxes, or whatever else is big at the time. So there's cheese log, quiches, <laughs> hamburger uh, helper, hamburger helper. I feel like I feel like okay, another Simpsons reference. I feel like it's that Crapes. time. <laughs> this is like that. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer wants fireworks, and they're like, I think they're at Flanders Beach House, and Homer wants to get them from like, was it like the the off brand Apu or the, the non Apu Apu? No, like, he goes into the like that Quickie Mart, and it's basically Apu again. As the guy, like the other shopper, is leaving, the second he's out the door, he goes, "Come with me." No, no, you're leaving out the the point of this reference is that Homer's trying to uh, con- like sell the illusion that he's a local and that he has like a bond with this yeah. this shop owner. He's like, uh, "I'll take a couple of hustlers, um, some <laughs> pantyhose." Uh, 
and some illegal fireworks. <laughs> and, and, and that's what it's, I feel like this is the equivalent of what Zenger's. And like, okay, and the joke pay the payoff to that joke is that like Homer like Homer gets home and Marge is going through the bag of quote unquote groceries as Homer's like ogling like the giant like M80 he has. And, and and Marge like sees all this stuff like the hustler, the box of condoms, the pantyhose. It's just like Homer, I don't know what you have planned for tonight, but count me out. And that's kind of how I feel right now with Zenger. <laughs> Whatever you have planned, Zenger, you can count me out. <laughs> I'm setting a scene, god dang it. <laughs> Boy, are you ever. And in, in reminiscent of foods that were iconic at the time. I wouldn't know. I wasn't there. But god dang it, my mom always loved making quiches. So I guess she got it from living through the 70s. All right. Is, is there a payoff to this setup or is it just basically? Okay. So foods? once again, <laughs> Lucas is sitting there. Somehow Pitchman Zinger's there. Once again, in a room, numerous stuff written on a wall. <laughs> I mean, sorry. On uh, It would have been chalkboards. It wouldn't, white, whiteboards weren't around yet. Right? Go ahead, Zinger. Google it. We can wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, this is. This is back in the groovy in 1977. Oh, wait, that won't work because they retroactively did it. Um, this is actually in the... <laughs> so, um, sitting there... So, uh, episode five, I, I, I need a name for this. Uh, it's going to be on a snow planet. Star Wars snow planet. And and the writers are sitting there like, oh, I got nothing. Pitchman Zinger's like, uh, I mean, isn't the Empire kind of going to hit them back? And Lucas is like, yeah, they are. They're gonna, they're gonna strike back. And Pitchman Singer's like, so the Empire's striking back. And Lucas is like, yes, yes, the Empire's gonna strike back. Yes, this sounds like a good idea. I'm gonna go create like some like frog-like creatures for a later movie. <laughs> Everyone will love them. Everything goes back to uh, the the Gungus. Yes, <laughs> he was planning it back then. Technologies couldn't keep keep up with this vision at the time. <laughs> they could not. Flash forward to the eighties, and they're sitting there after the smash hit that was um that was Empire Strikes Back. They're in there, and but Zenger, what's the table spread look like? <laughs> the same. You need thing. to set the mood. Oh God. Okay, fine. Tab. There was lots of there was tab and mounds of cocaine. <laughs> mounds of it in tab. I don't need to go on. <laughs> I'm not wrong, folks. I'm not wrong. All right, so that's happening. <laughs> oh man, do do I do I really have to do this this way? All right, fine. Uh, Luke, I, I can't do a Lucas doing a cor- cocaine snort. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, that's no, that's libel. That's no, no, don't anything that out. No, no, nothing to see here, folks. Hard cut. Uh, <laughs> all right. So back to the stuff that's not. No, 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 no. Episode nine rumors. You've had your turn. You're going to before you get this podcast banned. Someone's going to be banning us for that. Um, next, you're editing nine. it out. No, 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 guys, guys, someone's listening. The government's listening. Um, somewhere we're getting a cease and desist letter. Um, all right, episode nine rumor. Uh, I know uh, when it came to context as to when we got the episode nine title, it was when both episode seven and episode eight were finished com- uh, filming. Someone had a chat with Mike Quinn, who portrays Nine Numb in 
the sequel trilogy and someone asked him something like uh did you already wrap filming and he said no we don't wrap until later in february so if that is the case we might not actually actually uh we're maybe not even due for a title announcement yet because if shooting's still going on lord knows what's up in the air so uh there you go folks maybe there isn't a grand conspiracy like i uh mentioned earlier uh, next rumor is about the ownership of the Millennium Falcon. This is listed as a wild rumor, not as a BS rumor on Reddit. And it says, um, my source reported to me a rumor that's been passing around Lucasfilm. He doesn't know much about the plot except for some concept art and storyboards he glimpsed during early production and internal rumors. Judging from what he has seen and heard, he thinks early on the Falcon is still with the resistance with Chewie and Ray. After the initial scene, the plot would spin into objective A and B. Ray and Rose go together in a new ship to deal with objective A, while Chewie, Poe, and Finn take the money and Falcon to another planet to solve objective B. There seems to be some kind of resistance meeting slash debriefing. He thinks that during this meeting we'll be reintroduced to Lando. Initially, Lando won't join the resistance until Chewie convinces him by offering the Falcon as payment for his help. My source tells me that the ownership of the Falcon reverts back to the original owner, Lando Calrissian. It's it's like poetry. Well, my issue with this, and maybe not issue, just my uh, concern with this, is that I know there was this, oh god, the insane Star Wars fandom, or uh, the, the, uh, the liberal side of the Star Wars fandom, was complaining that L337 was placed in the Falcon without her permission. And I wouldn't be surprised if that is meant as a, as a way of retconning that. I wouldn't be surprised if they do if this is the case, if this rumor is true, that by giving Lando back the Falcon, because I know there was some part of the 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 argument of the last I'm uh, sorry, of solo was Han take like, like L3 was the only thing Lando loved, which I don't think is the case, but whatever. And by Han taking that away from Lando, Han is a bad person. And I, I never understood how that was an argument that some people actually believe because it's like, well, if, if Lando valued the Falcon, why would he even bet it? It's like, I'm pretty sure we all have things in our life that we would never bet or, or barter with. So if he really cared about L3 and the Falcon, why would he bet it? But again, I'm not going to argue with uh, crazy people. Considering that JJ is one of these people that thinks that way, I wouldn't be surprised if he works in a works in a way to retcon that that just i i that's another rumor that i could very very well believe goes back to lando to remedy the whole incident with the author i don't get behind it yeah i know it's wrong if it is true which again who knows at this point Okay, this is another story I remember hearing. Again, this is Disney. Again, this is the weird thing about rumors and stuff. Is that I remember in the lead up for Infinity War, and and this was right after Black Panther before Infinity War. Somebody I forget who it was made a comment that was involved. With, that was like talking to people. They were like interviewing people for the press tour for Infinity War, and someone said something about uh, when Black when uh, T'Challa gives. There's that one scene in Infinity War Get this man a shield And someone was selling that This is before the movie came out That oh Captain America's shield The vibranium was stolen from Wakanda So by T'Challa giving 
Steve Rogers two Wakandan shields, which I'm guessing are made out of vibranium. We don't know if those shields are vibranium or not, but by let's just assume they are for the sake of argument. That by Wakanda or T'Challa giving that to Steve Rogers, he is rectifying that Steve Rogers is not complicit in the stealing of vibranium from Wakanda of the 1940s. I remember he- I remember hearing that, and like you go, I kind of did one of those ones. Like I rolled my eyes, I'm like, they're really going to do that in Infinity War, like with all these like spinning plates they have to do with characters, plot lines. We we're really going to stop the movie in its tracks for that. And you want anybody who's seen Infinity War and by knows that. That definitely happened. Yeah, notice that. Yeah, and I'm like, it's 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 a what a five second scene, and I'm like, oh my god, people. So who knows? This could be somebody's wishful thinking, and they're projecting onto it. Who knows? Like, like maybe like, again, the Infinity War scene with T'Challa and Steve Rogers. Maybe that's what Anthony and Joe Russo had in the screenwriters had in mind when they originally uh, were thinking of ideas for the film. And maybe that was the case. And it just didn't. It got lost in translation to the final, final, uh, the final product. Maybe ah. that's what, maybe that's what's going to happen with with Lando L three and the Falcon episode nine. I don't know. I don't but, think she's even going to be brought up. I'm. I'm no, no, oh no, it's not that L3 is going to be brought up. It's going to, it's for those people to say, see, they, you have to probably, these people, they look through layers for this stuff. And as long as they think they're being appeased, they will not say something nasty about the film on Twitter. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I think everybody in media, at the end of the day, all they're concerned about is getting a positive reception on Twitter. That's all these people are concerned about. It doesn't matter if a movie makes money or anything makes money or not. It's just – Is it is trending Twitter, on Twitter? Is it uh, – no. Is it positively trending on Twitter? There are people in the Star Wars fan base that, that feel that somehow L3 didn't get justice – Somehow letting her die on Kessel is more justice than having her live on eternally in, in the Falcon. But again, I'm not going to argue with crazy people. You're not going to. No, I'm not going to. I'm only going to argue with one crazy person on this podcast, not two. Yeah. <laughs> Zanger, who's the guy who you like the the the, the coast to coast AM mumbo jumbo? Who's the guy that like commented online that he was like the time traveler? John Tester. Uh, John Tater. I like to imagine Pitchman Zanger is him. He travels John through time. He travels through time trying to fix Star Wars. No, just 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 every pitch meeting. He's he's always there, ever present, never ever acknowledged for his hard work. <laughs> the, yes, exactly. He's kind of like um, I like to imagine from like Harry Potter. What was it, Prisoner of Azkaban? Would Hermione yeah. would just show up and like, bloody hell, where'd she come from? That's Pitchman Zenger at every single like uh, conference meeting at, at Lucasfilm. Like he's just there. Where'd this guy come from? No, no, no. Every meeting. Oh, every <laughs> every meeting that, that involves something to be pitched, Pitchman Zenger's there. <laughs> he, he's oh, what is it? The um. Quantum leap. He he has to perpetually jump from. He has to make all these leaps until he can finally make that leap home to where he can finally, you know, make a pitch that actually was his and get somewhere. Next episode nine rumor. Um, this is one that was really kind of getting passed around a lot in the last few days. Todd Vaziri worked 
as a, uh, I think a, oh god, I think I think he's a special effects person, and you can he trust was, those people. They they work on the film longer than pretty much anybody. On I think it was his Twitter bio, he has listed made Star Treks, Impossible Missions, prequels, and Avatar, Three Transformers, Woke the Force, Rogue One, Last of the Jedi, Went Solo, now Raising the Resistance, and a bunch of people were convinced that was the, that meant it was the title of Episode Nine. Based wait, on that, just, wait, 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 wait. Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of the Resistance. Don't get too excited, because that's what everybody thought he was implying, and that's the name of the ride at Star Wars Galaxy. Oh, Edge. come on! Yeah, that's the that's the, the the First Order ride at Galaxy's Edge. It's Rise of the Resistance. Boo. And I know there there is one school of thought on that. A lot of people think they actually might call the film that to tie into the theme park, which again would not be surprising. I could I could firmly believe Disney doing that. But uh, I'd say it's possible, but not likely. But we have another Lando rumor. Lando is not found the most people speculate. Okay. Lando is not found the way most people speculate around here. He is not found at some pirate spaceport or happens to be in any shady part of the galaxy. After Poe, Finn, Chewie, and the rest recruit Vera Calrissian, Naomi Aki. I know it's, it's kind of weird. Everybody's kind of just assumed that Naomi Aki is his daughter now. Who knows if that's true or not? Avril, played by Dom Moynihan, they they are connected with Rose, Ray, and R two D two at a Resistance base where Leia is already with Lando and other senior members of the Resistance. And we have some bullet points here that are given. There's a scene that has Ray, Finn, Poe, Rose, Chewbacca, Leo, Lando. And other senior members of the resistance in a scene together in a resistance control room. There are more senior officials featured in the Force Awakens that were not seen in the Last Jedi that are also around for some reason. There is a serious discussion about the urgency of their next move. Afterwards, Poe, Finn, and Leia interrogate a captured General Hux. Hux gives away the First Order's vulnerability, and the Resistance begins planning an attack. Finn, Ray, and Rose leave to join Maz, as Lando suggests. Lando and Leia share a moment together where they reminisce about Han. Poe and Vera are together preparing the Falcon with a strike team. They become fast friends. Vera talks about having known Ben Solo to have been the one she imagined to have flown the Falcon and fighting the First Order. Uh, Poe looks on conflicted. Greg, Grun- uh, Greg Grunberg, who we all know is uh, Snap Wexley, and other actors feature as pilots around with Poe and Lando briefing a team of pilots about their attack strategy. There are many more alien species pilots. Ray now has a lightsaber attached to her belt. She is seen wearing darker clothing and is a lot calmer and cooler in how she acts and makes decisions. Decisions. She is more removed from the resistance than the other characters and kind of an outcast. She reluctantly agrees to join Finn as they still have a strong bond. So I guess they're not going the approach of she's bringing new life to the Jedi Order. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Because that's what that's kind of implying to me is that like the Jedi is going to end with her. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's listed as probably BS. And I know there's a lot of people. I would in- <laughs> definitely give that a BS tick. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. Like, it's... Uh, it's weird. I know like, uh, John Justice talks about it. Is like it's hard to dis- it's one of those things where you have to really just have the correct mindset to discern what's real and what's not. And some of these 
uh, rumors, quote unquote. Like I, I remember back during the Rogue One era. I remember bef- like during the the the, 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 the news cycle around the reshoots for that, and someone had predicted back in like July of 2016 that like, oh, there's gonna be a Darth Vader Friday the Thirteenth Jason Voorhees esque scene in Rogue One, and nobody believed this guy. And, and a bunch of the other, and a bunch of the stuff that he posted was wrong. He was claiming that the reason why the rebels had to go to Scarif was to like investigate prototypes of the ATACT, and that clearly was wrong. Or maybe it was the original thing that Gareth Edwards had in mind. Who knows? Uh, much like Solo, we don't know what the original incarnation of Rogue One looked like either. But uh, no. So ever since then, I, it's uh, like uh, Ahsoka says in in Rebels: in every legend, there is a strand of truth. I was thinking of her saying, I'm no Jedi. Well, that works, too. God, there's such a good good back and forth. <laughs> yeah, Ahsoka's cool. We should see. I, it'd be nice if we got some more Ahsoka. Okay, now we start getting into some of the good rumors. Yeah, uh, yeah these are ones a little bit more uh, uh, credibility behind them. Uh, chew so, on them. Yeah, so these, these, these last three rumors are from Making Star Wars... According to the latest Making Star Wars podcast, specifically mentioned Rogue One as being perhaps the model in terms of the promotion and marketing for Episode Nine. Based on what the marketing leaker from a few months ago said, my guess would be that this would actually be in conjunction with the marketing playing up the idea of Kylo versus Rey final battle, emphasizing that this is the final stand. At least this makes more sense to me than Jason's guess that they're promoting it this way because other angles are more played out marketing-wise. Because I feel like if it were a reaction to how Solo was promoted, the lack of a Jedi Force angle sort of seemed like one plausible problem. And certainly most people seem to have preferred the Force plot of The Last Jedi to the Resistance one. Yeah, that's possible. Considering that uh, Rogue One probably had one of the biggest uphill battles when it came to marketing. Wholly possible they'd try, probably pull a, a chapter from how they marketed that film and apply it to uh, Episode Nine. Because I was seeing – because a uh, friend of the show, uh, Jim Hill – uh, tweeted something I think a couple days ago regarding an episode nine trailer, and uh, let me pull up the tweet right now so I have it exact. I can quote it exactly. Somebody tweeted to Jim Hill on February third, saying, um, "Asking Jim Hill, do you have the scoop? Have you heard anything about an episode nine trailer for the Super Bowl?" And this is what Jim Hill tweeted back to this person. He said, "Disney is now supposedly holding the actual episode nine teaser trailer for Star Wars Celebration." Which we've all kind of assumed, which will be held in Chicago, April 11th through 15th. The new thing, this is the interesting part. I want everyone to listen to. The new thinking is that given the continued fan grumbling about Last Jedi and Solo, the studio must now court these folks. Oh, God dang it. And again, we've had Jim on the podcast before. I've been following Jim for over 12 years when it comes to Disney rumors. I know a lot of people like to take shots at him saying like, oh, he'll say one thing and then it'll change when it eventually comes to fruition. Uh, Jim is one of these people that is in at the ground floor. He is somebody who has his the definition of ear to the ground. Uh, so if he's saying it and he's tweeting about it, I am confident that it is happening internally. Who knows if that's actually what they'll actually follow up or follow through on at Lucasfilm. But if he's saying that, that um, Lucasfilm and Disney is concerned about the the neck beards and the man babies, then there's a very real possibility. Because I know when all this balance of the Force title rumors were floating around the last few days, people like John Campia and Christian Harloff were just complaining about how awful that title sounded. And considering that they are 
influencers in the neckbeard world, if they're not happy, I, again, I don't, I don't know if Disney would actually throw a title out because influencer doesn't like it. But I could very well see if they're bouncing a bunch of ideas off these influencers. But again, just to reiterate, I'll repeat it again from Jim Hill. The new thinking is that given the continued fan grumbling about The Last Jedi and Solo, the studio must now court these folks. And if that's anything like what happened with The Force Awakens... fuck. <laughs> practical sets real effects so just if, if you like the last jedi folks we're in for a bumpy ride and again reinforces the notion i've been saying now that jj is here to quote-unquote fix star wars by homogenizing it and if you like the last jedi like i and zenger did oh god but if you didn't like last jedi hey uh sunny don't skies worry, don't roll out the red carpet for you yeah, see, folks, all you got to do is complain. You'll get everything you want on a silver platter. That's definitely not detrimental to society. Okay, and second to last rumor from uh, Making Star Wars. Uh, Making Star Wars has a disclaimer saying that do not share this on social media or anything. Uh, you find it. <laughs> yeah, no, isn't that ironic? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's kind of like, uh, how'd that happen? I don't know how anybody's serious about this. If you've listened this far, uh, 45 hours into this recording, then clearly I think you know what you're getting yourself into. But if you uh, don't want to hear this, please check out. We will be back next week with probably some other obscure fan film or something we'll be talking about. Chad Vader season two. I don't want to hear this myself, so I'm just going to do this in the background. All right. Sometime ago. But I'm not. dun 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 I spoke to a but I'm not. <laughs> Didn't expect dun, that. Dun, dun. <laughs> Did not expect a Muppets reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is, this is what you get with sleep. You know we have we have a new Zenger character. We have <laughs> no, this is just Zenger. This isn't a character. No, yes it is. This is sleep deprived Zenger. <laughs> the sleep deprived Zenger ball. that makes Muppet references. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Someone quick, someone brew a pot of coffee for Zenger. From the Making Star Wars article, some time ago I spoke to a source about Star Wars Episode 9 who told me that things would be getting interesting for Kylo Ren when a threat from the beyond reveals itself, making Kylo Ren vulnerable. This threat would serve as a motivating factor for Kylo and Rey's interaction as the story progressed, but the source wasn't sure which act it happened in or how it unfolded. It should be noted that a lot of what the source told me in terms of accuracy has come to fruition since their conversation. However, with just that info in hand, the understandable but knee-jerk assumptions from fans would likely have gone right to the expanded universe and the Yuzan Vong. Now I think I may have gotten the information that relieves that ambiguity a bit more. Very recently, another source with a great track record said it was really important that the Knights of Ren have returned from the beyond the pregnant pause after that bit of information has led me to believe there's a lot to that the fact that there is some plot significance to the knights of ren in the film is something else most sources have also echoed another rumor i have heard a few times pertains to those red stormtroopers i wrote about some time ago i have heard that the red stormtroopers are called sith stormtroopers now are they called that behind the scenes because kylo is actually a sith lord or do we have a game of synonyms at play where evil is the same as Seth. 
Anyways, the pertinent info here is that these red troopers answer only to Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren exclusively. Maybe they're just the Knights of Ren's infantry. It also seems that Episode Nine Kylo has accumulated private armies and militias under the First Order banner to strengthen any opposition to his rule. Worlds that have their own defense forces are also aligned with the First Order. So it sounds like the scope of the battles in the film could be pretty large and not just have the rebellion fighting against white stormtroopers. Do these rumors connect? Let us speculate. It would seem Kylo Ren is putting together a large force to dominate the galaxy, but the first rumor says that there is a threat from the beyond that eventually reunites Kylo Ren with Rey, who seems to pretty much have the same hair as last time, by the way. Maybe the Knights of Ren are like Sith, perhaps the number two person of power in the Knights Order knows that they have to kill Kylo to become the supreme leader, and things get out of control for Kylo as the Knights of Ren. Now generals of the Force or of the First Order try and usurp the supreme leader just like Kylo Ren did to Lord Emperor Snoke. Uh, it, but Jason Ward says this is pure speculation on his part. That last part was. And the last rumor from making Star Wars is... As, um, as to reference that, I just feel like if you throw enough stuff against the wall, you're bound to make something stick. I really don't know with with Kyle, uh, the Knights of Ren. I think the Knights of Ren are the definition of just, like, background dressing. No, like, no, no. They are the mystery box. Exactly. Again, they are 100%. the mystery box. It wasn't Snoke because there was... He, they, they are the mystery box. Yeah, I, I I don't get this weird sort of like hard on people have for the Knights of Ren. It's like you see them for like two seconds. I think they're better kept in the darkness. I don't get why that there's this weird like obsession with them as characters. It's like they're cool. They're in the background. Um, it's 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 the Clone Wars of of Episode Four. It's like oh, it's something cool that happened prior. Yeah, I do, I don't get why everybody has such a fascination with them, but whatever. Um, no, the other thing I remember that there was um, film theory. I think did an episode prior to um, Rogue One that their theory was that the Knights of Ren were actually the survivors of that Rogue Squadron and that they got captured. Of course, that didn't happen, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because yeah. a lot of the characters, ironically, did meet, like, the builds of a lot of the Knights of Ren. Mm. But that didn't happen. I, I want Knights of Ren to be nothing. I want it to just turn into a nothing thing. Just, like just, some, just some reference. You don't see them again. They never come back up. They're just referenced and... I don't see like JJ is great at if anybody's ever watched Lost and somewhere once again Rob is uh, pounding his fist on his desk when he's listening to this. Like JJ is great, great at setting things up and just letting them go nowhere. And I think the Knights of Ren is a clear cut example of that. I think if JJ does try doing something with them, he will fumble it in the process. No, I mean that's the thing. It would be nice if there was just something in Star Wars that was just left as this ambiguous thing, like. The Clone Wars, when it was originally stated by Obi-Wan Kenobi, everyone's like, what the heck is that? And We don't know. Yeah, we don't know for the longest time. But the thing that makes... Ag- and we still don't know, because there's like two series that talk about it, but one of them's <laughs> factual. One of them isn't. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
this is the weird thing about like someone like JJ and like I I, I could have sworn he said this, but I don't want don't quote me on this. I could have sworn I read a quote from him somewhere that said something like when I was a little boy and I watched Star Wars for the first time. As soon as the movie ended, the first thing I wanted to know more about the Clone Wars. And I'm like, again, I don't know if it was him, but I could have sworn it was him. But again, until I find the quote, it could be anybody. And I think that's such a just nothing. It's like nobody who watches Star Wars for the very first time, especially as a child, sees that entire film. And the first thing that sticks out to them is one line of dialogue about an offhand thing. It's like that's it's like, no. No, like when you come out of The Force Awakens, the first thing, I don't think there's a single person on the face of this earth that as soon as that movie ended said, man, I wish there was more of those Knights of Ren people. It's like, no, like that's like, again, that's something that like, once you realize that something is rather shallow and vapid, that it's like, oh, then you want, you want more of the, the stuff referenced in the corner. What, like me walking out of the theater going, huh, guess, guess Han should have shot first. Well, that was 1997. Oh, no, I, I was referring to um, Force Awakens. <laughs> well, he didn't have his blaster drawn. He should. I mean, th- things would have gone very differently if that scenario played out that way. Just saying. I'm, re- I'm really surprised there's no scene in The Force Awakens of Han Solo shooting first. No, because they had to save that for the solo movie. No, but again, JJ JJ's part of that group though that 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 that's that, that hates anything Star Wars post nineteen eighty three. When would he have done it though? That's 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 the oh, there's a million times he could have done it to Phasma. He could have done it to some random stormtrooper. He could have done it on Maz's bar. Think about, I am shocked that we did not get a um a scene in Maz's bar or cantina where some pirate encounters him. And it's like, okay, where's where are my Rathtar solo? He could have very easily have done that there. Like you have some alien, like I don't know. Let's say Uncar Plutt comes back. And it's, well, no, the there, there was the, the cut scene that 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 he was supposed to follow them to that canteen. Um, Chewie rips his arm off. Yeah, I know, but that's that's not a big of a thing in the Star Wars fandom as Han Solo shooting first. Hmm. And that's why I mean, I'm surprised JJ just didn't do that. Like again, ev- everything. Again, this is the same guy who now claims, "Oh, I want to unite all the eras of Star Wars fandom." Yet in the lead up to Force Awakens, like I want Jar Jar's bones in the desert. No one might know that it's him, but I'll know it's him because I hate Phantom Menace in the prequels. Me and Simon Pegg, and I'm like, like again, this is the same. Who drag Star- Simon Pegg into this? What did he do? Because he is a oh god, he's one of the loudest hates the hates anything post eighty three Star Wars. He's one of the loudest ones that that just hates anything um, of of the he's of the, the prequel. Dream though, no, he's not. He he's another one that's uh, uh whatever. Not gonna get into him though. But again, I, I like this. This is the same Star Wars fan base that says we are going to force out the hate and then just praises JJ. Oh, I trust JJ a hundred percent. JJ can do no wrong. We love JJ. JJ, I guess it's so again, and I'm not judging, just making an observation, pointing out that again, the Star Wars fan base, force out hate, but let's worship the director that 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 says, I want a character's bones in the desert just so I know that I killed him. It's like that is so dark. Like that is such a again, imagine if I said that, like saying like about any other character. I, I think about I'm trying to think. Imagine if Ryan Johnson said that 
Like, imagine the backlash. Like, imagine if Ryan Johnson says, like, I'm going to have Dexter Jetster's bones in the in the track on Canto Bite, so I know he's dead, but nobody else would. Like, imagine if Ryan Johnson said that. The Like, the backlash there would be. Double standards drive me nuts. Where I can have someone explain who the crap Cypher Diaz is. <laughs> no, that's when that's when Zenger directs a Star Wars film. He'll be giving <laughs> there, there's to a part of the fair. movie where it just goes completely, just derails itself. Story, whatever, thrown out the window for a few minutes while they explain who the, who he is and what significance he had. It's gonna be Zenger saying, Perfect. "I have Cypher Diaz's bones in the background of the graveyard." On insert planet here, but nobody else will know he's dead, but I do. But if you freeze frame it on the DVD, I mean on the Blu-ray and zoom in, it has a full explanation of why he's important <laughs> to the series. Because that's the only way you're going to get it. He has a very large tombstone. <laughs> it's just like a freaking monument in the background <laughs> like <laughs> every scene it's like a mausoleum and like there's like in the uh the inscriptions just like like chiseled on like the entire like 10 foot by six foot wall perfect oh god all right um in the last making star wars uh rumor is uh everything i hear behind the scenes about star wars episode 9 is that our heroes and our villains are on a race to find something quote unquote that something or macguffin is supposedly going to be delightful but something controversial however at this point i don't know what it actually is so i guess that begs the question Zenger, what could there be a MacGuffin in Star Wars that's delightful but somewhat controversial? Which I think could actually describe The Last Jedi in a nutshell. Delightful but somewhat controversial. <laughs> they're, they're after that. They're after The Last Jedi. <laughs> the, the characters are actually looking for the film The Last Jedi in <laughs> yeah. episode 9. Uh, no, um, JJ's back, so he's going to have his opportunity to have them be hunting for Jar Jar's bones. Oh, there it is. Full circle, folks. Full circle. <laughs> No, I, I don't uh, see this is the thing. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to say this, but at the same time, I'm like, if I go back to the original trilogy, I mean, would I have ever guessed half the crap that happened in in um Last Jedi? I mean, not Return of the Jedi. No, I probably would have never guessed half of that stuff. I'm trying to think, but what would something that would be delightful yet controversial? So if it's controversial, it's going to be something that makes the man babies angry. But they're trying to please them. Delightful, yet it's going to provoke a response. So what could, what is there in Star Wars that would be delightful to see come back or to see everybody kind of chasing after, yet it would upset people? Vader's body. Well, they've already introduced the helmet, so I don't think it would be – okay. Yeah, that, that's the problem with that. I'm like uh, – would, would it be Vader's lightsaber? Obi-Wan's lightsaber, maybe, from the death? Because think about it. The, the Obi-Wan lightsaber is floating somewhere near well, What Yuffin significance would that, would that have to... It, I guess it's got to be something significant to these characters. Unless it's revealed that she's actually uh, Kenobi. Well, okay, I'm trying to think. What would be is 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 that going to be left alone? Oh, yeah, no, not good. Considering that like Obi, they still don't know what to do with that Obi-Wan movie... TV series, web web comic, who knows? Well, I'm just making up whatever they're going to do with it. Um, I think if The Mandalorian is a success, we're probably going to get the Kenobi series as a uh, Disney streaming service thing. Yay. 
I, 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 said, I, I think we're moving away. I think Star Wars is going to move away from movies into streaming, but that's just my uh, reading the tea leaves. But I'm trying to think. What's I think something? the movies are going to become an event, and they're the continuing mythos is going to be fleshed out in TV. Yeah, streaming, streaming. Yeah, through some other medium. Through some other medium. I, I guess. I guess maybe it's not worth thinking too hard on what on what this could be, because it's probably it's probably going to be its own episode as to what what would be the the MacGuffin of episode nine that would upset people that would get it would be delightful. It's the mystery yet. box. Yeah, I don't know. Because if you remember, if but once ever- again, this this is him creating a mystery box again. Well, I don't know because a Mag- well, okay. I'm trying to think. A Mag- the whole point of a MacGuffin is just to uh, stimulate the plot. It's Pulp Fiction. It's the briefcase. It's uh, the That's Tesseract in the Avengers. <laughs> after the briefcase, briefcase from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Something you know delightful. what they call Royale with, I mean, what they call a quarter pounder with cheese on the Death Star? There better be a payoff to this, or else I'm unsubscribing right now. <laughs> oh, man, you put me on the spot, and I just blanked. Nothing? Oh. No. <laughs> oh, man, what a horrible podcast this is. <laughs> Do you think people want mugs of this to commemorate their, their sadness <laughs> and self-loathing? Um... Yeah, I guess we'll talk about the MacGuffin maybe on another episode. That'll be something fun to kind of speculate. We, uh, well, if we, we can we... get, I mean, at least, that, that's the thing. I'm like, there's nothing for us to go on still. If that is a true, if if that's a true rumor, which is an oxymoron. But, I don't know. I think I think you could discern that if you thought hard enough. I, th- I think that's out there. It has to be original trilogy oriented, because JJ's not going to sit there and do something like, Palpatine's lightsaber. I don't know. A, a MacGuffin? Who knows? Could be Mace Windu's lightsaber. That still exists. Mace Windu's the MacGuffin. That defines Sam. Oh, did you see that thing going around, Zenger? That someone said that a Spider-Man Homecoming created a paradox in the Mar- in the MCU? Because what's Peter Parker... Think about it. Peter Parker talks about seeing Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. And yet, what's he going to do when he meets Nick Fury and he looks just like Samuel L. Jackson? Um. Hmm. We have a problem here. <laughs> and uh, to let everybody kind of uh, ponder that until next week. So concludes. Uh, do you have one more? One more uh, uh, pitchman zanger? No, you you um nixed the last one I was going to do. No, I just can't go back to it. <laughs> there, okay. Why? What did I do? The Return of the Jedi one. Oh. Of the '80s reference. <laughs> oh, I killed it. It will forever be edited out and <laughs> tab in lots of cocaine. <laughs> yes, I was about to say what what I was doing originally. You're like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Folks, if you want to hear, but I do story. have a moment of zang. I'm moment okay. of zang for the end of this. All right, um. Folks, do you want to hear what Zenger's pitch for Return of the Jedi? Pitch man Zenger's pitch for Return of the Jedi. It might be at the end of this episode. Who knows on how bad it is. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and chances are you will find us. Also, check us out on Instagram at KOV Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to Anna Spiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. 
For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Cinemodities. And you can come hear me talk about movies on the Cinemodities podcast, where we'll be discussing the music videos of my favorite band of all time, the A-Teens. And you can find me hopefully getting some more sleep. <laughs> Zanger, what are you currently talking about? What controversial hot takes are being had on the Zang this podcast this week? Uh, by the time you will be listening to this, by the way, happy Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, that, that yeah. would be a great Oh, yeah. oh we missed an opportunity. We could have had Valentine's Day episode. What, what talk about the love stories in Star Wars? Another Attack of the Clones episode. I, I got two chairs I could stack stack on top of each other. That that would be a more intimate relationship than portrayed in that. Oh, don't get me started. I'm tired and I'm irritated. Um, All right, you know what we'll do, folks? We'll we'll insert across the stars the love theme from Attack of the Clones, and that'll just have to suffice until next until I'll next just, year. I will destroy something. But nope. on that note, um, you can find me yelling about stuff every week over on Zing. This uh, we're doing, of course, the entire year long. Tribute to us trying to get through our backlog of gaming I have chosen to do for the month of February. I'm going to attempt to beat Sonic 2 for the Genesis. Never beaten the game. Owned it multiple times. Never beaten it. I wish that meant something to me. It should. But anyways, so that's what we're up to over there. Also, we're... um, Probably coming up on if it's the uh, probably coming up on our Temple of Doom episode for our um, Indiana Jones foray that we are doing this year or the beginning of this year. Spoiler alert: It's Ellie's favorite Indiana Jones film. Um, she says she has a controversial opinion about one of them, but won't discuss it until we get to it. Okay, that that sounds like an Ellie opinion. It is an Ellie opinion, and I should know, but I don't. Zenger, what is our moment of Zeng? The Ultimate Universe's version of Nick Fury was actually based off of Samuel Jackson. When Samuel Jackson, avid comic book collector, went in and was buying an issue, he went, hey, this guy looks like me. And basically told Marvel, you know what? You can use my likeness, but if you make a movie, I want to play him. And that is how he got cast as Nick Fury. The more you know. Yes, that is a true story. All right, Zinger, am I allowed to end the podcast now? (laughs) No, I'm just going to do more pitch band zingers throughout the decades of him pitching Jurassic Park and um, other stuff. All righty, folks, if you want to hear more of that, just uh, it's a live feed now. Your podcast feed is a live feed. Zinger will just keep talking. (laughs) Somebody let me go to bed. (laughs) All righty, everybody. (laughs) Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Luke, I, I can't do a Lucas doing a cork cocaine snort. It doesn't work. No, that's no, that's libel. That's no, no, don't anything that out. No, no, nothing to see here, folks. Hard cut. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you're gonna cut this, but just absolutely. Woo! Not. <laughs>
You know what the title of this episode is going to be now? It's going to be Tab and Lots of Cocaine. <laughs> That's the title. That's going to be the title of episode nine, folks. Tab and Lots of Cocaine. <laughs>